This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Hello again, my beautiful streamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 13, 16, and tonight it's a Patreon takeover by Super Screamer Thomas Harris, who has commanded me to watch the 2008 horror comedy Zombie Strippers, starring Robert Englund and Jenna Jameson. And to do that, I'm going to need a little help, so I'm going to be joined by John Hernandez, better known as Stan the Mechanic, and from Good Cops TV, and I had a bloody good time at House Harker, Derek Hagen. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh. Since 2010, I have been your humble guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But the catch is, you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little ass. <laughs> so, for those of you who chose not to heed my warning and flee while you still had the chance, for those who were foolish enough to stay... Oh my god, hi! I'm so glad you're here! Are they all gone yet? Ugh, what a bunch of buzzkills. Ooh, girl, we have got to talk, and what we have to talk about is zombie strippers from 2008. Now, here's the thing that you need to know about zombie strippers. It's exactly what you think it is. As the Brits say, it does what it says on the tin. You promise zombie strippers, you get zombie strippers. But as a bonus, you actually get a pretty damn funny movie that goes along with it with some great effects. And believe it or not, something to say. So what I'm saying is don't judge a book by its cover, don't judge a stripper by her pasties, and don't dismiss a movie for its lurid, trashy title either. Because making a movie is a little like being in the mafia. It's all in the execution. It ain't the steak, it's the sizzle. It ain't the meat, it's the motion. Zombie Strippers promises you a raunchy, gory, campy good time with something to offend everyone. But what it winds up delivering is a shockingly well-made, oddly philosophical, raunchy, gory, campy good time with something to offend everyone that also made me think things and feel things, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you. Oh, but Patrick, wait, you haven't told us where we can watch the movie yet. Oh, why, thank you, voice in my head. Thank you for reminding me. Well, at the moment, Zombie Strippers is not included in any of the major streaming services. But it is available for rental at all the usual places. And uh, let me tell you a little secret. There is a perfectly good copy of the film hiding somewhere on Vimeo. And there is a link down there in your show notes. So use it, okay? Because while Zombie Strippers is not a movie to spoil, per se, there are a few genuinely shocking and surprising scenes that aren't going to have quite the same impact if you've already heard John, Derek, and I blabbing about it first. So now is a good time for everybody to pause. And if you haven't seen the movie before, check it out now. Before you proceed any further, you have been warned. Just a reminder, this episode on Zombie Strippers is all thanks to the generosity of Super Screamer patron Thomas Harris. Yay! Round of applause for Thomas Harris, everybody. Yay! Applaud for Thomas! Yay! 
So Thomas is taking advantage of the Patreon perk that allows him to become a podcast producer for a day and pick the movie that I will discuss. So after Thomas reached out and I gave him the thumbs up to this request, he wrote back and gave me a little insight into why he picked this particular movie. <clears throat> Dear Patrick, you have no idea what this means to me because this movie holds a very special place in my heart. It's secretly smarter than it seems on the surface, and I know that you will do it justice. Yeah, it might just be a comedy horror, but the thought put into the backstory and dialogue is brilliant. And it's one of those movies you can enjoy watching a few times because you see something that you missed every time you watch it. Zombie Strippers holds a special place in my heart because it was a movie that me and my best friend discovered growing up, and we loved it so much. Her name was Kim, and she was amazing. And it was this movie that we became friends over. She has since passed away, and I think that she would have really appreciated this. Thank you so much again for doing this, and I love you, Patrick. You are so amazing, Tom. Well, thank you, Tom. I love you, too. And also, thank you, Kim. Thank you for being such a good friend to Thomas. Everybody needs that kind of friend, that you have a secret, trashy movie. and Alpha. Bravo teams. Let's clean up the rest of the mess. Wait for it! In this small Nebraska town, a secret government project has gotten out of control. And a deadly virus has been unleashed. The virus is based on the human X chromosome, so it stays more pure from woman to woman. Into the city's hottest nightclub. This is Jesse. Local girl, right? Yeah. Born and bred, Sartre, Nebraska. So tonight, when the sun goes down, things really start to heat up. Every man's fantasy is about to become... What seems to be the problem, Doc? Believe it or not, zombies. Their worst nightmare. <laughs> Robert England. <laughs> Jenna Jameson. Either got it or you don't, baby. But, but what about the girls, huh? They're good girls. They're zombies. No. They're strippers. They're zombie strippers. For my sake, suck it up. So if you happen to be sitting out there wondering, Patrick, why on earth are you covering a movie like Zombie Strippers on Scream Queens, a podcast for horror gets gay? There's nothing gay about zombie strippers, or is there? Normally I wouldn't cover it, but... It's a very special occasion because this episode is a Patreon takeover episode and Thomas Harris has demanded, Patrick, you must cover zombie strippers. And when it comes to my patrons, I must obey. So in order to talk about a film with the depth and, and, and breadth of zombie strippers, I needed the perfect two guests. The first you've met before he was on Once Upon a Time to talk about the movie The Fun House. He is the heart, the soul, and the bodacious body behind Stan the Mechanic. And he was recently made the editor-in-chief of Bear World Magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to the Screen Queens microphones, John Hernandez.
Hi, guys. Thanks for having me, Patrick. I'm super excited to get into this movie. Me too, John. But uh, congratulations about Bear World Magazine. That's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, uh, it's I've been writing for the magazine for eight years as a freelancer and the opportunity came to go full time and I took it. No more uh, corporate pencil pushing for this this sexy mechanic over here. And just look at you now sprawled out in the pages of an international magazine for everybody to paw and rule over. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Now, John, John, who is Stan the mechanic? For those of you out there who don't know. Stan the Mechanic is my horror hosting character. So like I grew up watching Elvira and, you know, Joe Bob Briggs is really big right now and everybody loves him. So Stan the Mechanic is kind of my own version with, you know, the campiness of Elvira. But, you know, I'm a little bit more blue. So instead of like insinuating the sex joke, I'll definitely cross the line and go there. And, you know, Stan is big. He's queer. He's gay. Uh, he's satanic. And it's a lot of fun. So check it out at StanTheMechanic.com. Free up. Sweet. Now, the thing is, since Zombie Strippers is indeed a very, well, it's geared to a very heterosexual audience, I felt the need that we needed to have some representation. It's only fair. So I am delighted to introduce to you, well, we haven't met him on the show before, but we talked about him a lot when we covered the movie. I had a bloody good time at House Harker. Well, he played Ned, the kooky best friend. Not only is he a good cop, he's got great wood and he's got an awesome mom. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome to the Scream Queen's microphone for the very first time, Mr. Derek Hogan. Best intro ever. Wow. Thank you, Patrick. That was amazing. Great to be here. You're quite welcome. I hope you don't mind representing your entire people. Yes. Like good cops or heterosexuals? Both. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Now, for those of you who weren't who weren't uh, who weren't, who weren't around for that show, who are the good cops, Derek? Good cops um, are well, me, uh, my buddy Noel Carroll, Jacob Gibbons, and Clayton Cogswell, and then uh, Tim Sloan, who did all the sound and music for the good cops. Which I I really think without him, I don't know if the show would have been that good. <laughs> He really brought it together. But it was a YouTube series, It was a right? YouTube series that was, we wanted to make fun of 80s cop shows that you'd watch back in the day, like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, and all these cops are doing these horrible things and they're getting away with everything. And so we wanted to bring these cops into the real world and what would happen if they acted the same way. And, and, and everyone just thought they were complete idiots. But somehow at the end of the day, they got the job done. Because they're good cops, god damn it. And the reason that you know they're good cops, John, is that they all have bitchin' mustaches. We did. And mirror sunglasses. Yep. That's how I you do it. See. That's how you do it. Aviator <laughs> sunglasses and mustaches. That's how you get the job done. Sorry, just gonna need a moment. Fan myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to say, uh, Derek, you could very much be in the bear community. Would you like to be featured on the pages of uh, Glitzy Bear World magazine? I We would call you a wolf oh, in I'm the gay wolf? community. Uh, what's a wolf? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Wow. That sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, like a, a thinner, hairier guy. So, yeah. like, a, you know, I mean, feel free to pop your top off so we can <laughs> confirm. But from uh, from what I'm seeing, you're very beardy. So I you, am very beardy. Be I, if I had whiskey, man, this would, this would be a whole different show. 
Wow, that we're going places already. You know what, Derek? Everyone else in the movie is taking their tops off. You might as well join them. What the hell? All right. So... So the movie that we were talking about today, like I said, is the movie Zombie Strippers from the fabulous year of 2008. And oh boy, is it 2008. Oh my God. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what does Patrick mean by that? I mean, it's, it's a lot of the uh, the comedy is very dated. It's a lot of George Bush jokes and things like that. But what for me, it really captured that era where like the post 9-11 era where everyone was really angry. Everyone was really angry and had a camera. If for a, a, a movie called Zombie Strippers, this was really, really political. Like this director had some shit to say. It definitely political. He's got philosophical shit yeah. to say, and he's referencing it throughout. But here's my thing: I had to pull up a screen share right now because this is very important. This is this was a very, very glaring error in this film. That I'm sorry. Thomas, that it's your favorite movie and it was your friend's favorite movie, but I have to hold them accountable for this. Okay. Are you seeing that? Yep. I am now pulling up a screenshot of the title card of the movie Zombie Strippers when it first pops up at the beginning of the movie. It's Zombie Strippers exclamation point. It's not, like, it's not like that on the posters. It's only like that on the title card. And by gay law, by having an exclamation point, this movie should be a musical and it's not failed. <laughs> You're right. You're a hundred percent right. Hello, Dolly, Oliver, zombie strippers. It'd be great. They had an opportunity to throw at least one musical number in there. Um, failed opportunity, um, and we'll get to that. But <laughs> there are several. There are several. That's well, several I was watching things. it with friends the other. I was watching it with friends the other night, and she said, uh, "One of my friends said, you know." If they cut out all of the dance numbers, this movie would be five minutes long. <laughs> There's a lot of dancing. Which technically still makes it a musical. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to let it go because there was lots of dancing. Nobody sang, but that's okay. It's forgiven. Written and directed by a guy named Jay Lee. He also did, uh, did Alice Kills and House of a Thousand Eyes, both of which are pretty gnarly movies. So he went on to some decent things. So well done there. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself because we have a tradition here at Scream Queens. And we cannot go a step further without fulfilling our duties as podcasting hosts. And John, well, you've been here before. Exactly. Derek, it's your first time. So Derek, it's your sacred duty right now. We need you. I need you. Everyone needs you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of the movie Zombie Strippers. Don't summarize the whole thing. I'm a producer in an elevator. You've got 30 seconds. No pressure. The clock is now! Uh, the year is 2016. Uh, George W. Bush has won the election for the fourth time with his running mate, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They have outlawed stripping. A zombie apocalypse is starting to happen because they wanted to make soldiers invincible. Now they have entered a strip club. Comedy ensues. The zombie strippers! Do I have more time? That was <laughs> That was fraught with drama, Derek Haugen. That was fraught. I panicked. I panicked. So good. That's the point of the 30 seconds. <laughs> I want to see you squirm and they want to hear you suffer. Oh, John, do you have anything you would like to add to that? Um, I believe the only other plot point I would add is titties. Titties, titties, titties. Oh, we forgot. Zombie strippers. Zombie strippers. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? It's fair. It's because it's fair. It's yeah. they should be added because we shouldn't just assume 
because the strippers would see their titty. We did forget uh, the the stripper with the heart of gold. They could be furniture the strippers. The heart of gold stripper. We forgot her holes. I guess that's that's kind of the main plot-ish. That then they just kind of forgot about it at the end. But that's all right. <laughs> we, we hate we hate her. We hate her anyways. <laughs> I mean, personally, if you asked me to sum it up in 30 seconds, all you would have to say is zombie strippers. What's it about? Zombie strippers. Who's in it? Zombie strippers. What happens in it? There are zombies who strip. It just tells you everything that you need to know, except the fact that it's not a musical, but that it because that fucking exclamation point, which I'll never forgive them for. It's a heterosexual mistake. Fail. Fail. <laughs> Something I would have done. All right. So it's a while before we hit the strip club. Where are we at the beginning of this movie? Well, it takes place uh, with his opening of this news footage. George W. Bush has won his fourth consecutive term as president, taking Florida, which due to a computer glitch inherent in the Jeb B. voting terminals, tallied one single vote for President Bush and Vice President Schwarzenegger. Bush's presidency was unanimously declared legally binding by the Supreme Court, as well as totally cool by Chief Justice Jenna Bush, who subsequently set in motion another Supreme kegger. Following the landslide victory, a constitutional amendment banning public nudity was implemented. Shortly thereafter, President Bush dissolved Congress, claiming it was cramping his style. The, the year is 2012, but then they say that George Bush won the presidency the fourth consecutive year, which means it would be about 2016, which is crazy because who would have thought zombie strippers would have been able to tell the future of where we are at that time. It was pretty, it's pretty, like, it's pretty insane. I mean, you know, we don't have zombies that we know of, but uh, some other crazy shit happened. My favorite bit that we learned in this little opening tone setting bit of information is that we're at war with Alaska. Yeah, that made me very yeah happy. at the very end. <laughs> we're at war with everybody and then, and then Alaska. <laughs> American troops continue to be strung thin due to the still raging wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Iran, Lebanon, Libya, Pakistan, Venezuela, France, Canada, and Alaska. Because fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and in, in order to, uh, because now we're, we're low on a uh, soldier. So they've decided to help create uh, soldiers, which was hilarious. One American corporation has discovered a scientific military solution to the looming troop shortage crisis. Here at W Industries, top scientists in cooperation with the United States military and due to the shortage of American troops are developing a toxic, easily transmittable chemovirus that acts to reanimate dead tissue. But we assure you, due to the extreme level of volatility of such tests, the research facilities are unequivocally in accordance with the United States government level of standards, fail safe. They've developed a chemo virus that will make dead soldiers come back and keep fighting. In theory, in that's theory. the plan. Mm -hmm. We learned all this from, I don't know her name, but I, I dubbed her Dr. Cleavage. Dr. Cleavage. It's a chemo virus designed to reanimate dead tissue and jumpstart the brain's motor function. This would allow, say, a soldier to continue fighting after death. After one experiences death, fear is more or less gone. It enhances the combat mindset, the brain functions of one fearless, uninhibited, the drive of a take-no-prisoner's soldier of raw survival instincts. It more or less turns a soldier into a super soldier. I I love it in those kind of these kind of movies where you just have some bimbo 
in a lab coat going, I'm a doctor. I'm like, mm-hmm, there you are. Yeah. yeah. That's usually the part <laughs> I play in films, but, you know, <laughs> I wasn't up for zombie strippers, sadly. I auditioned for it, but I lost the role to that big bow. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cruel business. It's a cruel business. Cruel. Um, yeah, this, this opening sequence, this whole military thing, I know why it's there, but for me, it felt eternal. Yeah, I agree. They took their time getting to the, the strippers. I think they needed to pad the runtime and that's why we spent like the first, I would say it was at least 15, maybe even 20 minutes with uh, the military operation. And, uh, you know, it was fun for a few minutes, but, uh, you know, we're the tits. That's what I'm here for. Am I right? Absolutely. I've seen those zombies. I've seen them. Well, we saw zombies, but no strippers. I, I have to admit, I, I actually like the, I like the opening. I mean, it did take a while to get to the strip club, but um, I, the soldiers were so over the top, ridiculous, every stereotype that you can fucking imagine. And I thought it really worked. Um, I was expecting to watch a movie that was so bad. It was good, like trolls Two or something like that. But I actually thought the jokes were really well written in a lot of this, a lot of the spots. And um, especially with the, the, the soldiers, they were just, so hammy, you know, like saying hoorah and just all the stuff that you would hear in every military movie and then just, you know, being super cheesy about it. I we just stopped that thing. What was that called again, Lieutenant? Armageddon, sir. That's the one Lieutenant Riker here killed Satan himself with a sharp stick. Good work, soldier. Just doing my duty, sir. So where were we? Zombies, sir. That's right. Zombies. Let's tell the squad the good news. I live for it, sir. I don't know. I thought they they all kind of went for it, you know. They're saying all that stuff that you hear in any military movie, but they're wearing a tube top. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like knives. <laughs> I like guns sometimes, you know. It's, it's like it was. I thought that was a really well done joke. I thought the soldiers' shit was actually really funny. Now I have to admit, I if you saw my shirt earlier, it says B movie mania. I love B movies. This is what I live for. Um, the fact that I never seen this movie is actually quite extraordinary. I, and I, th I thought I did, but when I was watching, I've never seen it, but I, I'm like, I think I saw a different movie called strippers versus zombies. And then you have like strippers uh, or zombies versus porn stars. There's like all these different ones, but I've never actually seen this one. This was the first, this, this was the groundbreaking exotic dancer, <laughs> un undead exotic dancer film. It's definitely the best. For sure. A flagship. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's so many layers to the story. It would need several films and iterations to really give it the proper right, justice right. This, that this it film deserves. Walked I mean. So these other films could run. <laughs> These films that I haven't seen, Absolutely. it might be terrible. But no, this this movie has a lot going for it. I mean, once we get into it, but the important thing that we learn in this um, opening sequence is not only have they created this virus, but we learn through a bit of exposition that it was created from the X chromosome, so it works better in females. And once it gets passed to a male, things start to break down. The chemovirus molecular structures deteriorate at an exponential rate from host to host. The zombified dead after that are but mindless monsters with a voracious appetite for living flesh. The virus is based on the human X chromosome, so it stays more pure from woman to woman. But once you get a man in there, like everything else, it all goes to shit. Which is why when it finally winds up in the strip club, the women are thriving yeah. when they when they turn. Which was really unique. I've never seen that in a zombie Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. You know, um, and and I, so I did really did like that aspect of it. And plus the, the, the women could talk and 
and they were somehow sexier, even though they were dead. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was really cool. The 100% homosexual agrees. I, I also agree. <laughs> <laughs> Leading the strippers, we have uh, adult film star legend Jenna Jameson as Cat. You have to be a warrior, a soldier, fearless, uninhibited, a stripper with a take no prisoners, raw survival instinct. So please, for my sake, suck it up. It's a war out there. Fucking A, sister. God bless her. Uh, yes. God bless her. The title of the movie and her her getting involved is what sold it. Say what you want about Adele film stars or anything like that. She goes for it in this movie. She's a champ. The things they put her through. And she's great. Something I just wanted to touch on since we're here, because I don't want to go plop up or plop up because there's so many things. But since we brought it up, the fact that when the women turn, like we see most of them strip when they're human. And then we see it again when they've turned. And it's a whole different beast. Like, it's like, I mean, I'm 100% gay. And I said, God, these zombie strip numbers are hot. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a, a different energy to it. And they just kick it into six gear or whatever. Yeah, it was very, it, it was very well done. Um, am I getting ahead of myself? Can we talk about the first? So I guess... I guess we should talk about how they were turned. I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a format for this particular movie because it's so. It is what it is. So yeah, if we're here, we're here. I'll just. I'll just back up just a little bit. So you have the military guys. They they go to this scientific underground thing. They find out that there's zombies there, and they they it got loose, and now they're there to uh, kill them. Something goes wrong. A uh, one soldier gets bit. He realizes he's his his buddies are going to kill him. So he gets the hell out of there and ends up on the stage of a strip club. And that's where all of our characters are introduced. And, and then we have the, I was a little confused. I'm glad I watched it a second time because a lot of the strippers looked a lot alike to me. So you had like the two brunettes, two or three blondes. And I was like, blondes. this would have been yeah. a great movie where they had like, you know, the freeze frame of the characters and then their name, like Mercedes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. 100%. Who they were. <laughs> Cause I was great. like really kind of confused at sometimes. And, and then, so you, and then of course you had like the, the, talk- they had the same, it wasn't just the same hair colors. It was the same hairstyles. So yeah, they all look, you're right. Yeah. You have 100%. Uh, no, I, I, uh, another great thing about it is that the, the Marine that, spreads the virus to the strippers uh the character's name is bird flu which i thought was really funny (laughs) so very clever very of the time Uh, of course, you have like the, the stripper with a heart of gold. She's there for her nana. Why was what did the nana need? Like a colostomy, a colostomy bag. Right. She needs a colostomy. Davis, what are you doing here? I need to talk to you. Make it quick. I need to know what the meaning of life is. You're kidding. I know we're Christians, and what you're doing is a sin. But the intent is, well, Christ-like. You're sacrificing yourself and all. So what are morals? Does the ends justify the means? But then again, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So. Darn, I'm out of cliches. What do you want from me, Davis? Ultimate truth. You're the last pure thing I know in this world. Maybe there's more truth to the human condition in me taking my clothes off for emotionally stunted men so that my grandmother can shit in a bag than me staying virginal and pure for you. Jesse, please. Don't do this. But I gotta. For Nana. Which I feel like, is it that much for that? Like, I don't know. But okay, uh, I guess. Surgery, okay? Oh, it's a surgery thing. Okay, it's a surgery thing. 
It's a surgery. It's a surgery. Well, yeah, they got to drill the hole in your stomach. I, I don't know the details of it, but yeah, I mean, and, and plus it's, it is post, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a dystopian future that's in the past now, America. I'm sure medical rates are through the roof and nobody has insurance. A real surgical thing. Okay, I get it now. Okay, so she needs to strip for her nana. Ned would. <laughs> Normal people would. <laughs> And then you have like the, the, you know, the, the stripper that's been there for too long. You have the stripper that, that's pissed off about everything. You have the goth stripper you have. So you have the, the stereotypes of all the strippers, um, which is great. And then, um, one gets bitten on stage, right? Yeah. Jenna Jen, Jen Jameson. That's, and that's, and then she, then they kind of re reanimate and, and then she goes back on stage and is probably one of the one of the funniest scenes in the movie where she strips as a, as a zombie. And then she does this thing on the pole and they just cut off the music. And it's like, she does this awkward slide down with the sound effects. No, that spineless, that spineless thing. Oh man, that it was really well this, done. This this woman does this woman does yoga. This is an amazing dance move. She's got some contortionist training in there or something. But man, it was a great move. The thing is that you mentioned earlier, like uh, this director and screenwriter also had this movie working on a couple of different levels and was sticking the philosophical in there. Like for instance, I did not know that this movie was inspired by rhinoceros, the play rhinoceros by Ionesco, mm. which I should know because I'm a theater dude, but yeah, which is about this guy in a town where everybody's turning into rhinoceroses and it's all about fascism and Nazis, but whatever. But mm. he was inspired by that. That's reflected in the name of the club, the rhino. And remember, rhinos is an ultra exclusive gentleman's club. So, exclusive members only, if you know what I mean. Now, the management would also like to remind you that nothing comes out of your pants but tips for the girls. And uh, did you catch the name of the town? I don't think I did. That they're in, It's on a billboard where, where, where Jesus no. Girl is out walking. Oh, shit. It's Sartre, Nebraska. This filmmaker likes his French absurdist, fatalistic playwrights because Jean-Paul Sartre wrote famously no exit there's no exit out of this town there's no exit this bar and, nice. but we also have jenna jameson quote quoting nietzsche and she's reading nietzsche's quoting nietzsche uh this new girl i don't think she's ever stripped before you think well maybe you can talk to her give her some pointers yeah sure but everything great must first wear hideous and monstrous masks in order to inscribe themselves on the hearts of humanity philosophical things keep popping up throughout the movie, but they're toss offs. Like, so he's working on a couple of different levels, which I enjoyed. Um, what I initially found interesting when I saw the movie back in whatever, when it first came out, I thought it was really interesting how as the movie goes on and the zombie strippers are becoming increasingly popular. And that's all anybody wants to see how the other girls are like, well, I guess maybe I should join them. You can't compete with what's out there. I'm thinking of getting cat to, you know, for my Nana. That's an excuse and you know it. Perhaps. But listen to that. That acceptance, that praise, the confidence in that, the sense of pride in self. 
It's not a sense of self out there, but regression towards the mean. But it's so fucking cool. So it's this movie about finding your your feminine in yourself. Because all right, backing up a bit. what I thought was cool about the strip numbers after they turned was like when they performed as humans, you could tell how conscious the, the dancer is of the audience. They're performing for an audience. They're dancing to please other people. And when Jenna Jameson is performing her first number, her hair is always in her eyes or she's always looking down. So there's a disconnect from the camera and from the, the men who are watching. But when they've turned it's more like something that needs to come out. It has nothing to do with the people around them. And I think that's what makes it hot. There's a scene right after Jenna Jameson is bitten and she's turned and she's just gotten up. And the first thing she does is start making her way to the stage when the girls see her. And this is when something's waking up inside of her as well. Like this whole virus was designed to make a super soldier. And instead of make a suit, it made a super stripper, but we've already made the correlation that what the girls do out there on the stage is war. Jenna Jameson said earlier, it's, it's a war out there. And you're seeing this woman waking up to this new purpose inside of her and it needs to come out. It's this new danger. Wait, what do they say? Fearless, uninhibited, unstoppable soldier. It just so happens that this soldier is a stripper. You're dead. don't need to be here this is all about her and she's doing it for her own pleasure so it's all about finding this inner strength as a woman but also about conforming to go along with the crowds <laughs> weird <laughs> and showing your tits obviously yeah or as john would say <laughs> get your cans out <laughs> get your cans out yes <laughs> it's fantastic and i don't even think we even touched based on how many characters are in this movie you know you have the soldiers that we start off with then you have the strippers and then you have the the owner the manager and then they have a madam and then they have a dj and all these and then you have the um maintenance guy paco <laughs> which is my favorite character in the movie by the way <laughs> It's also one of those 2008 movies with something to offend everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, special. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But one of my favorite scenes with Paco at the very end there, that was, oh, my gosh. You know, if you look on IMDb, the number of characters is like 179. It's an obscene number of characters. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real lead in it because they bounce to character after character after character. I think they at first I thought, oh, it, we're going to follow the the woman, the girl with the heart of gold, and trying to get to Nana, and then we, Jesus girl, the Jesus girl. Yes. But, um, but we never know if she, the Nana got her surgery or not. We never found that out, and that really that well, you, didn't, you have to come back. You have to come back for the sequel, Colostomy Strippers. <laughs> I was hoping at least. Lisa post credit scene or something. Oh. Be, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I hate myself for that. That's just, oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh, since, <laughs> since you touched on him, somebody we haven't mentioned, who owns the club? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, obviously. Yeah, Robert England plays Ian Esco, the, the club owner. Those grave risen gutter sluts are going to make us a mint, bro. <laughs> How do you know? The law of the universe dictate that the whole thing could turn into a world of shit. Well, hey, it's me. <laughs> yeah, that's what works. In a uh, in a a performance that I would like, he both reminded me of Robin Williams and Nathan Lane in the Birdcage. God, he you was know, good. That I was getting very Birdcage vibes from that performance. So like, since this is the podcast where horror gets gay, I said that's the gay in this movie right here. He yeah. was fantastic. I think. He was so he funny. He always is. And, and it was fun to see him. Like Sometimes when you get a low-budget movie like this and you get a big star, they sleepwalk through it. They're just there for the check. He's having a ball. Some of the scenes that he did and some of the things they said. I mean, he was a racist, um, you know, stripper. <laughs> you know? Hey, do I got to clean this mess up? You see this? You see this? What color is that? Hmm? Cappuccino? Right. Meaning you're cleaning this entire fucking mess up. Can you handle that? Or do I have to go find somebody else out in front of Home Depot? Game will give God a ring. Andale. Yeah, a racist, misogynist, uh, herpy-phobic. Gun-loving, <laughs> don't know how to use it. NRA motherfucking love him. You know what clinched it for me? You know what clinched it for me? That I went, oh, he's gay. When one of the strippers came up to me, he was like, no, 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 nothing, jacking out the hair. Hey, boss. Back off. Back off, you walking herpy, you. Mm, this is nice. <laughs> Never touch. Not the jacket. Not the shirt. Not the hair. You touch me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> I love a man of authority. Oh, he's gay. Oh, I kept spraying, okay. <laughs> spraying them with what's this the disinfectant. Wait, oh, it's really funny yeah. that he runs a strip club and he's a germaphobe, and then I realized he doesn't do that for anybody but the strippers. <laughs> Only the strippers, yeah. <laughs> Which is so mean. That's so mean. It's so sexist. It's so sex work is valid work. There's no need to be spray lysoling these girls. <laughs> I can see after they were dead. <laughs> I thought the lysol joke gig was gonna come back like like if you hit it with a stripper or with a zombie or something, they would explode or something like that. But but it, it never it never came back. But they did have one great callback, but I don't want to blow the ending. Something that they mention early on, and then it it really pays off at the end. But uh, I can't wait for us to get there. <laughs> so my favorite character in the whole movie is I don't know what her relation to the club is, but the Russian woman, the Russian older stripper in the old country. I strip to buy bread and borscht. Uh, the the madam, she's the madam. Blavatsky. Is there, yeah. I mean, do strippers have madams? Does that, yeah, that doesn't well, sound well, right to me. That's what they said that she was, right? I, think, I thought they said the oh, madam. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Maybe I was wrong, but she she took care of the girls. You had the manager who who hated everybody, and then you had the DJ, and then you had the madam who, if she needed everything, she was the old soul, the old stripper at one point. She was the, the Jenna Jameson at one point, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Went back once back in the day. Yeah. She was the star. But she's a she's a Gloria Swanson in Act Three, you know, Act Three of Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. But she's serving Natasha realness. This is what I think. I see stripper dead. 
And then I see her not so dead. I see severed head and uh, not so dead too. But I also see not so dead stripper strip and she's not, she, how you say, uh, knock them dead. Or not so dead, this case may be. So, your fucking point? My point is lots of money. I never see performance before like tonight. Nice boys out there never see performance before like tonight. So, I think nice boys tell more nice boys. And soon lots of nice boys throwing money at us. She's got that dragon lady cigarette. I loved her outfit. <laughs> the blue bell bottoms and the cleavage of the cropped up. Yeah, she was a good time, but that accent kind of took dips and turns throughout the film, man. I know she was going for Russian, but I don't know what that ended up being. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. Because every, if every, if, when people are playing it that cartoony, it's less offensive. Like Paco. Let's talk about Paco. Since I love Paco. I love Paco. Poor Paco gets shit on, shit on the whole movie. <laughs> Paco's great. Paco the janitor. Yeah, I mean, that that's an example of one of those things you'd never get away with today. But, the, you know, the good thing is it was played by uh, comedian Johnny Medina, I believe, who's a Latino guy. And it kind of goes in with his act. So, you know, yes, there's very, very racist humor in it. But uh, that's also very of 2008. But, uh, you know, all, all I could say is thank God. Thank God it was a Latino playing the role <laughs> and not somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he did great. And they did they did a couple like throwback jokes on the. It was a Cheech and Sean joke about badges. We don't need any stinging badges. And the first one was badgers. In old country, we use eels. Eels? Yes, eels. They eat the flesh. Sorry, but uh, we don't have eels. Best we can do is a few rats, maybe the odd ferret. <laughs> With any luck, a badger or two. Badgers? Badgers? Don't need no stinging badgers. Ding dong, Patrick from the future here. I'm well aware that the no sticking badges bit is from Treasure of the Sierra Madre and that Cheech and John got it from there, but it just didn't seem worth interrupting the flow of the conversation then. So I'm interrupting the flow of the conversation now. Okay, okay, back to the show. Because I know you bitches would tear me apart if I didn't address it. Okay, bye. <laughs> we don't need any sticking badgers. Sorry sticking for the accent. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then they're like, what about badges? He's like, we don't, oh yeah, badges would be a good idea. Yeah, we need to, we need to wear something that shows we're alive. Um, like badges. Badges? Badges? You know, that's a good idea. Maybe we should get some badges. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, I, I thought he, his timing was really, really funny. But, and I like the, the, um, the relationship with the DJ, the manager, the madam, and Paco, and how their jokes were were really funny when they were like in like <laughs> they they thought of the idea of like putting all the zombies into this cage and they're like in and out like it re- re- kind of reminded me of Abbott and Costello like with you know like jokes like that very silly yeah very over the top yeah. and my God would I love to see an Abbott Costello versus zombie strippers where's who do I give my money to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, we got to be close to deep faking that movie, right? Let's talk a little bit about the, the goth stripper, Lilith. She's my favorite character by far. I thought she was, uh, she was a lot of fun. Um, I think who played her? Roxy Saint. Um, was she a porn star? I, I didn't see anything uh, indication that she's, she's more of a, uh, a singer. 
Ah, oh, sorry, Roxy, but or not, whatever. I I wish I was a porn star. <laughs> Let's be real. Someday, John. Someday. Yeah. Uh, someday. Fingers crossed. You know, if this whole editorship slash horror host thing don't work out. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I thought she did a, a fantastic job. I love that. You know completely classic tropey goth stuff i love that she's like pursuing death like when jenna jameson is turned she's like in the background and she wants her to take her and i i think one of the best lines of the movie is when she becomes a zombie and she does her crazy stripper dance out there she does a crazy like backflip lands on the floor and then it, it pans in on her and she's like death is good death is good And the men like cheer and throw money at her. It's like, I love it. Men are dumb. Correct. So good. Yes. Um, Well, one of the reasons, one of the reasons I immediately thought of John for this movie is because when he was on to talk about the fun house, there's a scene in the fun house where the teens are peeking into the, the girly show that's happening at the carnival. And John was telling us how he loves going to see strippers and watching them perform with those dead eyes. Yes, because I, I, I have in my notes, I was like, you know, talk about dead behind the eyes, right? This is taking it to another <laughs> exactly. level. Is there, <laughs> so, why not? Yeah. If he likes the dead eyes, how about the whole person being dead, too? It's a, it's a logical conclusion. And she's she had the deadest eyes. <laughs> and it's a compliment. Even when she was alive, she was just over everything. She was a lot of fun. I liked her. I think I'm having a breakthrough. You, you know, I, I think that's why she's my favorite character. You're reminding me. It's like, I have a weird fascination with dreary dead behind the eyes people. Yeah. Shout out to the corner pocket. I in New, know New you Orleans. better than you know yourself, John Hernandez. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> uh, the thing with her, like after she turns and people are asking, it's like, what's it like? And she has this monologue. How's it feel? Death. I'm going to dance. But she's talking all about the snow and the stars and a part of the stars now. And this is the time for her to burst out into a musical number from Les Miserables. Stars in your multitude. Gets to be counted. I want to strip. Who's on? Fuck it. I'm going to dance. This I swear. This I swear <laughs> by the snow and the stars. Les, Mis- Les Zambaras. I got nothing. I got nothing. But that was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. Missed opportunity. The other character who I loved, who I think this movie did dirty, was Barange, the brunette who <laughs> had my favorite line in the movie. How dare you call me an optimist? <laughs> yes. Oh, foolish and naive Barange. Your optimism makes you an idiot. What did you call me? An idiot. No, an optimist. Don't you ever fucking call me an optimist again. 
Yeah, I I thought she was great. She, she, I thought I, I kind of thought she was one of the be- the best actresses. I mean, they all all did a great job, but I really thought she was really good, a really natural. And then they just kind of like ended her story really weird at the end. And I was I was hoping that she would. She didn't make it. Uh, spoiler alert: <laughs> she she dies, and it seemed more like she wanted to be like, "Am I?" Was it like what was her last line? Like, "Am I pretty?" or something like that. It was just it was just a weird. I'm fi- yeah. I'm finally beautiful. Fi- yeah, it was. Which she's been shot. Yeah, it was just it was just a weird. I thought she was gonna make it. You know, one of the you'd she'd end up being the lead or something at the end, but. That's what I thought too, because I really thought that uh, Jesse, the the Jesus girl with the colostomy, was uh, no no fault of the actress, but the character was dull. And I'm sad that we had to go and save her and her boring. We had to save the white, boring Christian, nice people who didn't take their clothes off. Yeah, what's up with that? But yeah, it said. But then again, neither this. But she's a brunette. Brunettes can't survive. Can't have brunette. But not not when there's a blonde Jesus girl. But Barrage was much more interesting. And she was having a more interesting character clash. Like the whole philosophy. She had a lot of philosophy that she's she splits Plutarch at one. Which quotes a Greek philosopher yeah. at one point in a zombie stripper movie. She did it great. See, the thing about the female zombies in this movie is that they're not attacking the other women. They're not turning the other women into zombies the way they're turning the men into the zombies. All the strippers, with the exception of Kat, choose to become a zombie. And Jesse, our Jesus Colossomy girl, she's actually decided to give up. She's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to do it with a great big smile on my face because I don't want to think anymore. But... Barrage is the only one who stands tall. She's the only one who keeps saying no, like, and has this whole dark philosophical journey of the soul. If I'm not me, who am I? You know, if I'm not alive, if I'm no longer myself, who am I? And has long scenes trying to talk Jesse out of turning herself into a zombie. You can't compete with what's out there. I'm thinking of getting Kat to, you know, for my Nana. That's an excuse and you know it. Perhaps. But listen to that, that acceptance, that praise, the confidence in that, the sense of pride, self. It's not a sense of self out there, but regression towards the mean. But it's so fucking cool. It's my duty to conform. No, your duty is to be an individual. The mind is a flame to be kindled, not a vessel to be filled. That's a quote from Plutarch. That's Greek philosophy in a zombie stripper movie, and that should not be happening, but it is happening, and I love it. <laughs> but what she reminded me of and what this thing brought into mind uh, was talking about, I mentioned before about it, it's this weird thing that it's about finding female empowerment, but there's also this weird thing about female conformity. It reminded me of, at the time, it was big news about surgeons, plastic surgeons, starting to do what they call Cinderella surgery. Do you guys know what that is? Mm, no. Cinderella surgery was women who would electively have portions of their foot cut off in order to fit into Jimmy Choo and other designer shoes. Wow. And it's what reminded me of like, you you guys, women are, you're you're mutilating yourself just to fit into a shoe. And these women in this movie are killing themselves just to be part of something that's temporary at best. That's like, that's, I'd never heard of that. 
he's Googling, now how can I fit into a Jimmy Choo shoe? Now I can, it's finally my day. <laughs> you can do that? <laughs> do, they, do you guys take payments? <laughs> if you get it done, can you send us the toes? <laughs> oh man, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> oh, man. We can each get one, John, we can wear them as a necklace. Oh, it's <laughs> All right. Since we brought up Showgirls, what's a movie in a strip club without rivalry among the strippers? Can we talk about? I don't know the other stripper's name. I never got her name, but the the other brunette stripper, Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie. Oh, like Jeannie the Meanie. I wrote down Jeannie the Meanie, so I wouldn't forget. Jeannie versus Cat. Tell me about them. They were very much like uh, what's her name, um, Elizabeth Berkeley and Gina Gershon in Showgirls. They were building that type of rivalry mm-hmm. with each other, like very hot, a lot of heat, and and that definitely uh, pays off at the end in, in a way that is so fantastic. So you know they have these two girls going at it through the whole movie, and Jenna Jameson's like the queen bee, and Jeannie uh, really wants to like be on top and take her place as like you know the, the top bitch at the strip club, and and nobody's having it and so uh she sees how the men are reacting to jenna jameson like getting all you know the attention from the guys when she becomes a, a zombie stripper and then she she knows jenna or cat the name of the character's cat would never turn her voluntarily so she goes to the source so she goes to bird flu and gets herself turned and then she pretty much goes and challenges cat to like a dance off at the pole <laughs> Play. Your time is done here. So, little one, you think you can beat me? You've been dead. The flesh decays. I am now your equal. Never! Then come. Let's dance. <gasps> And it's some ridiculously sexy, out of control, zombie stripping dance off like and they're ripping off men's body parts and beating the shit out of each other with it. And then um, the other stripper whose name I forgot, the one that I always confused with the the blonde Christian girl lets all the men out of the cage. Gaia, okay, chaos ensues, and then Jeannie and Cad have what I describe as the best on-screen female fight since Aliens with Sigourney Weaver versus the Alien Queen. You're not wrong. I, I can't. John, I'm, I'm so, John is overcome. I'm so glad we are finally here. This is all I want to talk about. <laughs> this is it. This is it, gentlemen. We made it. This whole week, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I I couldn't talk to you guys about this. I wanted to text so much. Okay, before we go any further, I just want to say, this movie was inspired by French playwrights and Greek philosophers, and we wind up with a battle that involves what, Derek? Ping pong coming out of your vagina. Ping pong balls. Yeah. Uh, Builder balls. See, this, this was me the first time through. When they were doing the ping pong thing, I'm like, oh, straight people finally found out about Priscilla Queen of the Desert, right? That's Priscilla. Cute. That's cute. But then they went up it. What they went up, what did they went up it to, Derek? 
uh, uh, billiard balls, right? Billiard balls. <laughs> when I saw her grab the billiard ball, I audibly gasped. The sound effects. Yeah, they're like blowing blow holes. <laughs> That is a pelvic floor to die for. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, gentle listeners, uh, Jenna Jameson was blowing billiard balls out of her cooch at Jeannie and she was like ducking and weaving and it was glorious. And if there's any reason to see this movie, it is that sequence. Some guy gets his head taken off. <laughs> How did he die? Oh, he got pussy balled. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Fucking oh. fantastic. Oh, my God. Reminds me of Friday night at the Eagle. I mean, my goodness. It it was glorious. I I loved it. And for that alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This and this scene, even though like it's like the extreme comedy, they did something really smart during the scene. Like when she's shooting these billiard balls out of her vagina, there's a neon sign that says live nude girls. Well, she hits it uh, with a billiard ball and just the live part went out. I said, that's right. They're just dead nude girls. Awesome. Smart. <laughs> Smart. This director was always thinking, which I appreciated. This could have been a very easy movie to make, but he kept adding layers to it. That was very smart. Well, and, and I, I want to actually bring that up um, because I, I watched it twice and there were so many jokes that I missed watching the first time. And then I, and I feel like if I watch it a third time, I'm going to catch even more. There are so many deadpan jokes in this movie. It's really well done in a lot of it in for this kind type of movie. Like I said, I was expecting like a troll two kind of thing, just like being over, you know, just so bad. It was, it's good. But I thought these jokes were really well written a lot. It was really funny. And we didn't even really touch on the, the special effects. The visual effects were really well done. I mean, they definitely, this was a million dollar budget, I think. And they definitely put it into the visual effects for sure. Yeah. The, the effects had no reason being as good as they ended up being, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, I expected, I don't know what I expected, but the gore and the kills were really top notch. Like I I have to say one of my other secret pleasures is in a horror movie. Uh, I enjoy like, I know you're friends with the death drop gorgeous guys, right? Patrick, like, um, I love genital mutilation in horror movie and Atta girl, this, that's my girl <laughs> this certainly delivers i mean miss cat gets down on her knees to make up for her cold hands your tongue is so dry <laughs> and she was like let me wet it for you and she bit his dick off oh 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 your hands are cold oh, oh. that's interesting your tongue is so dry <laughs> Let me get it wet. High cinema. It was. I was. I was in it. I had to pause and clean up. I like. I was really into it. I had to uh, clean myself off. It was. It was. It was amazing. And that was the first zombie kill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the- uh, of, of, the, of the women. That's the first zombie kill of the women. But what I loved is just how she's chewing on it and just like looking at him in the eye while he's screaming and she's just chomping on his dick. I'm like, wow, girl, you know, like, 
girl Big power. Smile. Big smile. What I love about it, like she, as a, as a zombie stripper, she's smiling the whole time. She's got this big, she's loving every minute of her afterlife. And I love that. I love that. I'm sorry you're dead. I'm good, but I'm good. Sorry you had to die to have this much fun with life. But I'm loving that you're having it now. I also love like this scene where, where they, where they, the club owners burst in and they find her sitting there chewing on a foot or something. And she's like, huh? Share with yeah, them. Offering like, it up. <laughs> And they don't. She's like, man, it was so <laughs> it's good. adorable. She's very funny in this. Jenna James. She was great. I, she was really, really good. I, I, another one of the kills that I thought was excellently done was with my girl Lilith. And when she takes her guy in the back and they, there's talking something about tongues and then she like rips his head in half, basically. Oh, oh, um, so yeah. baby, you are morbid. I love your tongue. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> I love your tongue. I like that. That was really good. I mean, I, I know where they got the inspo from. That was very like Hatchet 2006, but I'm okay with that because that's the best kill in Hatchet and it was really effective in this one. In fact, he was probably the coolest looking zombie, you know, you know, after she did that to him and, you know, just walking around with his jaw, like hanging down to his mid chest. It was, it was great. <laughs> the special effects are a mix of practical and CGI. The CGI are very CGI, but they're so gross. I don't mind. And the movie's cartoony. So it doesn't take me out of it much. Mm-hmm. Doing, like, yeah. So I don't mind it. Yeah. If, if you're able to deliver this good CGI effects that are making me hurl. My bad kill was practical and it was gross. And it was 2008 too. All the computers were made of wood and stone. And <laughs> um, What's a face dance? I, I'm so glad you asked. Um, well, so this is another huge uh, payoff uh, for the film. So in the beginning, Miss Lilith gets up on stage and she's doing her dance alive at this point. And Robert England there in the the club owner gets on the mic and says, Tired of that same old laughing? Well, drop an extra scene of the fellas and experience Rhino's exclusive face one of our lovely ladies will sit on your face and give birth to your head. Why not try with our lovely Lilith here? Experience the essence to God exclusively here at Rhino. Why don't you have Lilith give you our world famous face dance at the Rhino? And basically, he describes a face dance as when a uh, the stripper will sit on your face and give birth to your head is, I believe, the terminology used. And uh, so Lilith, of course, like looks at him in disgust and runs off the stage. And um, then, you know, uh, there's a full circle moment with that. Uh, I, Derek, do you want to tell, do you want to tell everybody? Yeah. So at the end of the movie, she corners, uh, the, the, the managers, the manager, and, uh, she gives him the sexiest space dance that you can imagine. And, and he's like, I don't want herpes, especially not zombie herpes. And it, and this They're is called zerpies. 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 Anyway, sorry. And <laughs> that whole sequence was just, when she takes off her slimy oh. panties. 
and throws them against the wall. The sound effect. God, I cackled. It yeah. was so great. I mean, it's just <laughs> filled yeah. with whatever. And then the sound uh, effects when she sat on his face, it was oh, just oh, delicious. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely delicious. I know what you want. Face dance. Uh, please, please, no, no, no. <laughs> Also, just knowing if we if we've 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 penciled in that he's gay, which makes it worse for that character. If he's also a germaphobe or afraid of strippers, this is great. This is great. The perfect <laughs> end for this fucking son of a bitch character. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I said. I was like, if anybody got their just desserts by the end, it was him. But like, I feel Cat uh, um, got a little bit uh, shafted in her ending because like her and her and Jeannie were getting ready to like really fucking go at it, mm. and then like the army guy comes up behind her and stabs her through the head and i'm just like she deserved they deserved yeah. something bigger i think she men did. john men we ruin everything god damn I'll it handle this no let them handle it themselves they're fine they were doing <laughs> just fine i mean pussy missiles come on come on <laughs> I, I feel like we could do a Mike. whole hour on just that scene. what really was incredible i think it, it was the obviously the best scene in the movie and might be the best scene on cinema ever filmed <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Fuck everywhere, everything all at once. Give me zombie <laughs> strippers. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And the thing is, maybe it's in porn now, but I've, it just seems like that was an urban myth where you always heard about, oh, the, you hear about the stripper that, that uh, popped out uh, ping pong balls from her vagina. You're like, what, really? And people would go to different strip clubs just to see it, and then you would never see it. And I, the craziest thing that I saw was at a bachelor party and this, this girl uh, had pierced nipples and she put matches in her nipples and then she lit the matches and just started twirling around. And it really wasn't that sexy. It was kind of like a fire hazard where like, we were kind of concerned, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> is she going to burn herself? <laughs> it's like the craziest <sighs> Derek's mom bursts in with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> Something she would Derek's do. Derek's mom is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. And she, she says hello. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to mention real quick, um, the they didn't really expand on it too much, but they had one scene, it was really quick, and they had two guys just creepily looking at the strippers. And that really is every strip club. There's never really the guys that are like, yoo you know, maybe a, a bachelor party, if that, but you always see just guys just sitting there creepily looking at the stripper. Thank you for that, Derek. <laughs> I've been to a female strip club once. They, my friends in college took me for my 21st birthday. <laughs> I, I bet you it was a lot of fun, though. The They know what they're doing. No, the girls, no, the girls didn't, weren't like that either. No, well, I, no. First of all, it was it was like not it was it was in a little town outside of Albany, like it's so it's in the suburbs of Albany, so you're not getting top quality people. Oh, there you go on stage to start with. But it's just like you said. I said, oh, it might be rowdy fun. I'll get swept up in the rowdy fun, the hooting and hollering. But it was a packed room that was dead quiet. <laughs> it was just. Oh, that's quiet. creepy. Ew. It was awful. It was awful. Her, oh, the poor woman's name was Rocky Mountains. Oh, and she had pierced nipples and she put parrots on them. What? She had parrots <laughs> on her, on this triangular, on these tri- parakeets rather. Tri- 
<laughs> it's all coming back to me now. They were like, give him a lap dance. I'm like, please don't. And I'm like, just gay, gay, very. I only have a dollar. It's my birthday. It's Show, your my money. Show your boobies. Um, Show your boobies. Parents. Probably want a crack up. <laughs> <laughs> What were the parrots doing? What uh, or the parakeets rather? Just sitting there. They were just there? sitting, were just sitting right. in the, like uh, like a swing. Listen, I I love a gimmick, uh, so I'm in. <laughs> I I watch that. Good uh, uh, I was just like, you're gonna get an infection. Speaking of bird flu, tip your stripper. Tip your stripper. Yeah. Oh, but. Uh, that that's that's creepy but funny. <laughs> one of one of my favorite parts of the movie is unfortunately horrible for the character. What was her name again? Genie, Meanie Genie. She has to follow Zombie Cat mm-hmm. after Zombie Cat dances for the first time. It's like, and now here's Genie. This was painful to this poor girl. This poor girl. She gets up there, she starts doing a number, and everybody's just leaves. <laughs> But I just love how they all hate her. Even the DJ guy was just like going in on her, like in her introduction. Like, give it up for Jean. Dance. And here she is performing the dance of the bruised ego. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, they were definitely dated at one point. They definitely dated. She's doing her best. She's uh, a beautiful woman, and nobody cares. <laughs> It, it was painful. It was so cringe. It was so cringe. It just made, I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. Come here. I'll, 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 I'd give you the dollar that I, I literally had a dollar at that strip club. And I'm like, I can't give this woman a dollar. I'd give you a dollar, Jeannie. My bottom dollar. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but conversely, oh. like the, the vibe at gay strip clubs is very different. I like, I, I mean, you know, we've talked about my favorite, the corner pocket in NOLA with the with the, the straight men that are dead behind the eyes that let you touch their dick for a dollar. So we, we've covered them. Uh, please tune into my last episode with Patrick, uh, the fun house, where we go into graphic detail on that. But uh, but uh, I go up to Montreal a bunch because they do truly have the best like gay strip clubs or whatever. But the, the thing I don't like about it is like, you know, I've been to uh, a straight strip club in New York. And of course, the girls are trying to get like, you know, uh, lap dance money and whatnot. Of course, but that's where the money is. Of course. Yeah, but working. Hello. But, but the men like in the gay strip clubs are much more aggressive. Like you can't even sit there and watch the show because you have like four strippers like, you know, trying to really push you into the, the champagne room, which, you know, it. It you know it could be fun to be flirty, but when you're just getting accosted, it it's kind of uh, you know a boner killer. <laughs> I am not a piece of meat. You're the piece of meat. <laughs> right there, it go. No, I I went to I was living in Madison, Wisconsin, and there was a girl I liked, and she really wanted to go to a, a strip club, a gay strip club, and and I was like, yeah, okay. So we we went and. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And I remember getting drink spot for me all fucking night to the point where I kept going back. <laughs> I told you he's a total wolf. 
<laughs> Wolf Daddy. <laughs> I didn't even have facial hair back then. I was in my twenties. I couldn't even grow facial hair, and uh, I was just a, I was a baby. Daddy, wolf. <laughs> daddy. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like broke. I didn't have any money, so I would go out to this gay bar and I'd get drinks bought for myself. It was it was fantastic. <sighs> Met a lot, a lot of great people. There's going to be a whole lot of those strippers <laughs> listening to the show right now. We're going to want payback. And and to top it off, when we went there, there was a guy that I actually went to high school with, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And so I got to catch up with him. It was a great time. It's a great time. I love it. How Harry Styles of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course they're buying a drink, Derek, because every gay man knows the only difference between a gay man and a straight man is a six pack and a bottle of poppers. That's it. <laughs> well, not anymore. By the way, thank you for wandering into my elaborate trap. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? He summoned my dark forces to, uh, to make it more of a sure uh, thing. <laughs> can't wait to tell my, my wife the story. Gay panic. <laughs> oh, she's in on it. She's yeah, like, I'm done with her. It. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, she'll she'll be the first to be like she's like. Well, I think you're. She she's been like. I think you might be bisexual. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, you're you're definitely you're definitely a bottom. I'm like, what? <laughs> she says she says I'm I'm really a, a, with women. I'm aggressive. I'm 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 the top. I'm the I'm the male. But then with for if I was gay though, I I, I would I would be the bottom. <laughs> Like a straight dude, like every straight dude. You know, it's, 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 it's like a straight dude. <laughs> like every straight dude. They can't, they can't get that at home. They want a bottom when they go to the gay guy. Uh, what are you going to do? <sighs> Fuck them. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this really seems kind of an obvious answer, Terry. <laughs> well, the movie not, might not be gay, but this episode got real gay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he based it on a play. It's gay. It's gay. Right at the top. It's gay. <laughs> French theater. That's the uh, gayest. <laughs> um, I don't. I think we might have done zombie strippers. I don't know what else to say about it at this point. I think we've covered everything. I, I, it's a fun little romp. It was. It was a lot of fun. I will definitely be watching this again. Uh, me and my buddy uh, during COVID, we started watching uh, movies over Facetime, uh, and and they're all B movies. Mm -hmm. And from Manborg to Jack Frost to the Evil Dead movies to mm -hmm. Troll Two to just the, the, the most ridiculous you know B movies that you could imagine, the things that you've never even heard of. And uh, I was hoping that him and I could watch this together, and we didn't. Um, he, he's out of town right now, but uh, we're definitely, when he gets back mm -hmm. into town, we're definitely going to be watching zombie strippers for sure, hands down. Yep. Mm -hmm. Bottom. <laughs> that's bottom, that's bottom behavior. That's bottom behavior. It's <laughs> a t-shirt just for the listeners my head is bobbing like a fucking bobblehead yeah <laughs> not off my neck oh, we point. do we do talk about having a cabin together you know and just fuck off <laughs> now you're lesbian just full, full of uh, b movies vhs nice nice little uh you know uh fireplace uh and we would just watch B movies. Oh no! Yeah, this movie must have had the wrong label on it. This isn't a horror movie. What are those men doing to each other? Oh no! Wait, <laughs> I can't stop button. Does it work? It happens. 
you know, if you guys want to make it a double feature, Derek, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. there there is a there is a gay zombie, not stripper movie, but it's called <laughs> L.A. Zombie by Bruce LaBruce. Oh. Have you seen oh, yeah. it, Patrick? I have. I have. Okay, I, there are two versions. There is the triple X version, and then there is one edited down the that musical I, version. But I believe <laughs> they sent to like <laughs> film festivals and stuff, and it is yep. about um, it's starring gay superstar porn star Francois. Sagat, who you know French, we know and gay. love, uh, French and gay. Well, I'm keeping on topic. I mean, I French you. playwrights, You're French good. gay superstar, mm-hmm. porn star, and uh, basically, what he does is he fucks corpses back to life with his long black weird dick that ejaculates like oil. Um, wow. So, uh, if you don't want to see all that, there is an edited version. Um, but I would I would spring for the triple X version. It's uh, you know for the plot. So, uh, John Hernandez, bad influence. Oh my <laughs> God, that's fantastic! Listen, that's a great double plot feature. Line. That is a great double feature. <laughs> I'll have to surprise that with my pal when we're moved into our cabin. Per- See, <laughs> a very bear behavior too. Look at all this like rustic wilderness, like yeah. like a wolf uh, again with the wolf thing. It's still in the forest yeah, creature. Yeah, land, I mean, yeah. Patrick, you knew to match us up. Like uh, you, you had you had an instinct. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic i'm blushing you can't see oh, oh. Um, he's also spanking it so that's why he turned off his camera <laughs> bottom behavior bottom behavior, bottom behavior. <laughs> Oh, if a straight guy comes along you're a bottom <laughs> <laughs> all right so I think that's it. I think we've done zombie strippers. Uh, Derek, where can people find out more about you and what's going on with good cops and your life and all that crazy stuff? Sure. We, there was one scene we didn't get to talk about. It was with Paco at, oh, the, very, oh, wait, wait, wait. at the very end, if you don't mind. Um, Paco has a great scene and probably the best well t- comic timing. Um, he pulls out his his gun and he's loading his weapon as he's kissing each bullet that he has named. Very stereotypical. Pancho Villa. Montezuma. Cesar Chavez. Cinco de Mayo. Guacamole. He kisses his boy and calls it guacamole. And then he, he picks up his picture and says, I love you, Maria, Maria, Maria. And it's a picture of his family. <laughs> Adios, Maria, Maria, y Maria. His wife and two, two, two beautiful kids. And then he says, I'll miss you the most. Uh, Pepe! Pepe! Goodbye, my friend Pepe. I will miss you most. You are a true friend. <laughs> we had no idea Donkey was there. And no Pepe's the light and hope of the movie. Fucking <laughs> idea the donkey is there. This is that one quick scene. He just turns and Pepe, I'll miss you the most, is a fucking donkey. And it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Hello. Like you're going to have a strip club in a dystopian future and not have a donkey there? Come on now. Yeah. 
so fantastic. So fantastic. <laughs> so, Derek, where can people find out more about you and find out what's going on in your life? Well, you did mention before I did make I made uh, Good Cops uh, season one, season two. It's a web series that you can find on Good Cops TV on YouTube. We also did another uh, web series called Tumbleweed, uh, kind of based off uh, Red Dead Redemption, which is a lot of fun if you like video games. Um, and then we made one feature film called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker, which you can find on Tubi, Amazon, um, also YouTube as well. And um, I sometimes go on Twitter. I'm not there as much as I used to be, but it is uh, at House Harker on Twitter. We have a Facebook uh, page, Instagram, just all House Harker. And um, I have been working on a new movie with a new team called Nightclops. We do have the uh, uh, Twitter on there if you want to go check it out. Um, it's just at Nightclops. Uh, it's about uh, two B-movie reviewers that uh, have a chance of a lifetime to interview uh, their fa- their favorite director, uh, Arlen Von Goss, who directed Nightclops. And he says that the movie is all real. And, of course, they don't believe him until Nightclops comes into town. And they, they comedy ensues. And then the two buddies that get together meet the guy and they... <laughs> <laughs> Bottom behavior. <laughs> <laughs> and they discover themselves. Exactly. And those people they discover themselves. <laughs> it's a poignant journey of self-discovery. Um, and for those of you who are new to the show, I had a bloody good time at House Harker was the hit of last season. That we the movie that I stumbled across. That was the, the biggest delight. So that's why I'm delighted to have Derek here. And then that we've become friends. Oh. Yes. John, remind everybody where they can find out more about you and Bear World Magazine and Stan the Mechanic. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, If you would like to uh, read about bear lifestyle and culture and see, you know, sexy, hairy gay men like you know maybe Derek might want to check it out bottom behind <laughs> here but um now <laughs> check us out I'm, at uh I'm prettier than her <laughs> also you can check out my new uh, podcast called bottom behavior <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> uh I think you should really do that one hundred percent yeah <laughs> but uh yeah please uh check out the website it's bearworldmag.com me and a team of writers we work really hard to engage with bear groups around the world and bring it to everyone's attention um you know it's a marginalized group within the gay community we're bigger we're hairier sometimes ignored by the mainstream media so this uh website celebrates and uplifts us and you know we love diversity and body positivity and that's what the magazine's about and stan the mechanic um you can follow me on twitter and Instagram at Stan the Mechanic. I have a link tree on there where you can check out my website where I have a couple of free episodes of me hosting horror movies in character. And um, I will also put the link up to a short film that I did recently with uh, my friend Aaron Lambert. It's called House of Freddy, speaking of Robert England. And uh, it's basically a fan film about the return of Freddy Krueger. And I, uh, I play Stan in the film and I helped terrorize one of uh, the final girls. So uh, check that all out uh, at Stan the Mechanic. I give that a big woof woof. That's what I say. (laughs) All right. Thank you, boys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for talking about this crazy, silly movie with me. Stay safe. Have a fabulous day. Stay healthy and stay fabulous. And if you're going to be a bottom, don't half-ass it. 
Whole ass it. <laughs> Say goodbye, boys. Bye, boys. Bye, boys. <laughs>
but I can never know because it's not for me. And I say that's fair. In the years that had followed between the moment that I started researching it, because a movie about stripping zombies made me think of it for a second, The S Factor had gone from a secret little class that you only heard about in whispers through word of mouth to an international conglomerate celebrity-endorsed movement that was sweeping the world. And that's when the sky caved in. Because somewhere along the line, the S-Factor had mutated from a safe place where women can celebrate their sensuality into a cult. A multi-million dollar cult swamped in toxicity and shame. There is a Netflix documentary about the rise and fall of the S-Factor. Girl, if you got a Netflix documentary made about you, you've done something bad. Okay, but if you want to hear more about the dirt that went on at the S-Factor and how it's... Oh, oh, <clears throat> all right, but look, if you want to hear more about the S-Factor, you can go watch the documentary because I have to go back to our undead girls on the pole. Remember them, the movie that we were talking about? Okay, now, in the movie, it's posited that this soldier virus, it holds better in women. It makes better women warriors. It's when men get introduced to the mix that everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. I noticed on my last time through that the zombie strippers do not eat other women. No, no, no. Now, before you jump on me and say, no, 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 they turn each other. Yes, that's right. They turn each other, but they don't eat the women that they've turned. And when they turn each other, it is done with love and with consent. Take me. Women go out on that stage and dance. They fight their war. They eat their kill. Lather, rinse, repeat. Fabulous. Well, great. So it's a story about a wonderful utopian future. No, it's not. Because even in this utopian society that is just starting to form, the women who have been elevated to this new status of being, who are now a form of woman who has never existed before, who care about one thing and one thing only, they want to dance even they cannot leave petty, jealousy, bullshit thing back in the dressing room. Because in, in, in the perfect down-dead world, Kat's feud with Jeannie should have ended when Jeannie converted. They should be sisters in the war now. But they're not. Why weren't they? Well, that's because, as Jeannie said... You've been dead, the flesh decays, I am now your equal. One day dead is a whole lot prettier than three day dead. That is literally the zombie version of there's always someone younger and prettier coming up behind you on the staircase. And I am loving it. And in the end, it all devolves. And perhaps Baranja just stopped thinking so much using that brain God gave her and happily gave in to this new thing that was rising, whatever it is. She would have lived to have a long, safe, happy, possibly morally bankrupt life, like Christian Colossi bad girl did. But no, Barrage couldn't get out of her head. Barrage couldn't make a decision between good or evil, or what kind of good and evil. She didn't need the zombie strippers to tear her apart. She tore herself up inside. Coward, worthless, ugly, fat ass. She 
tore herself up until she was taken out by a cleanup crew because if you were a soldier on the battlefield who can't make a decision, you might as well be dead. For one bright moment, there was Camelot in pasties and it collapsed almost as quickly as it started. Isn't that tragic? Maybe. Or is it just the way of things? Is it the way of all flesh? Everything that rises must converge. Nothing gold can stay. No matter how glittery, gold, and shiny your new philosophy may be, in the end, it will corrupt itself because ultimately it's human. That's a dark thought, Patrick. Yes, I know. It's nihilistic. You know who else was nihilistic? Nietzsche. Nietzsche, who is a philosopher, who was read by a stripper who became a zombie. Hey, Thomas Harris. I just did zombie strippers. Tom, I hope you enjoyed it. I really do, because I had an absolute hoot recording this episode. I'm very surprised at the places that it took me. I'm also surprised that I realized once again, I forgot. Tom, I completely forgot the corporate stooge at the end, whose fault everything was. He had my favorite part of the movie. You guys should smoke more. Not enough kids smoking these days. So fucking cool. But at this point, I'm just gonna have to say, oh well, whatever got in there, got in there. Because I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm coming down with something. My voice is hanging on by a thread. So I'm gonna wrap this stuff up as quickly as possible. Again, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom, for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Kim, for being such a cool friend to Tom. And for those of you crazy kids out there who want to be like Tom and become a patron. And maybe one day you too can take over the show and make me review whatever you want me to watch. You can do it for just $5 a month by going over to patreon.com slash Scream Queens. The link is down there in the show notes. I also think it's, I think it's cute that I keep picking these movies that I think are going to be simple. And they smack me in the face and say, nope, we complex. Next time, we're definitely not having one of those. Next time, it's my birthday episode. And this year for my birthday, I'm going off the script and doing something that's Completely out of the genre. It's absolutely 100% not a horror movie. I'm going to be talking about the 1966 comedy classic, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, starring sex god Don Nuts. Prepare accordingly. If you want to follow me on social media, it's down in the show notes. I got to get through this. I got to get through the end of this before I drop. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful screamers. When I become older still, I become another year older next time. I'm going to be another year older next time we talk gross. So until next time on my birthday, my beautiful screamers continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. And you do that by following the Scream Queen's golden rule. Let's all say it together. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay fabulous. I love you. Good night, zombie strippers. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.